it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan, 
Peter V.S. Bond explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hi, folks, and welcome back to this episode of the CPG Guys podcast. I'm, of course, Sri, one of the aforementioned CPG Guys. My co-host, of course, is PVSP, but also the VP of Partner Strategy and Dev at Fetch Rewards, a mobile loyalty platform. Join me in welcoming the man with the golden voice. Happy that the end of the first quarter of 2022, the other CPG guy, Mr. 007, a.k.a. The Bond. And of course, she has to say The Bond so that he can get his Yankees announcer voice in. How are you doing today, sir? Shrey, baseball season is just about upon us. Is that why, what's that? Is that New York Yankees hat? Is that at, people can't see this on the podcast, but he's sporting a Yankees cap. He's, you know, it's been a long, cold winter for us, Shree. A long, cold winter when it comes to baseball. But I'm excited. We're getting ready. Everything's going great, man. It's a you know, great first quarter, uh, business-wise and personal-wise. Nothing to complain about. Looking forward to our conversation. Because, you know, one of the things you and I love to talk about are our emerging brands, talking about all the challenges they face, all the things they do to pivot and and grow their business. So I'm looking forward to today's conversation. Yeah, and for those watching the video, you'll notice I have a special hat on. It says New York Yankees and Virginia Tech on the same hat. It's commemorative of two things. One, back when the mass shooting happened. At, I went to school at Virginia Tech, for those of you that don't know. When the mass shooting happened, the Yankees were one of the first charitable organizations to go play a exhibition game and did a ton of fundraising for the families of those affected. And interestingly enough, back in December, the bowl game Virginia Tech went to in 2021, December 29th, was at Yankee Stadium, the Pinstripe Bowl. So both of them mean a lot to me. And here we've got a unique hat that says Virginia Tech and it actually says NY versus VT. Uh, impossible to find head, and that's why I'm sporting it. But thank you, Peter. Before we get to our guest, let me remind our audience that all of our content may be found by visiting cpgguys.com. If you aren't already following us on LinkedIn, all you got to do is go to linkedin.com on your browser, type CPG Guys in the search box, and when you get to our page, hit the blue plus follow button, which is simply follow. That way you'll get to see all of the content we are producing. And the best part about it, Peter, do we charge for this content? Peter says, nada, nine, zero. We've also launched, by the way, a new podcast platform back in January. Many of our followers had requested that we explore the world of fast-moving consumer goods in Europe. So our friends Daniel and Efrain have launched the FMCG Guys in Europe. Same format, two CPG guys, but focused on the European market. It is a product coming out of the CPG guys. Do us a favor, check it out at fmcgguys.com. And if you want to learn more about the European market, Simply follow the FMCG Guys page on LinkedIn. Go to cpgguys.com to learn more about what's going on on the FMCG side over in Europe with those guys. Did you also know we're in partnership with the Network of Executive Women or New? And in the middle of every podcast episode, we hide an Easter egg with a message from New. Download, tune in, and listen, or you can check out newonline.org slash cpgguys with a key message from the CPG Guys on joining the network. Peter and I, of course, love to speak with leaders at emerging brands to learn about the challenges and successes of scaling in an omni-channel world. We love it when we have guests who have actually scaled brands starting the D2C way. And today we are especially pleased to have such a guest. He's the founder and CEO of Wake Up Water. 
Of course, Peter and I are both alums in our own sorts from Pepsi, and we've been looking forward to this conversation. Wake Up Water is a light, refreshing drink mix that provides natural energy. Join Peter and me in welcoming the podcast, Tyler Dooley. Tyler, how are you today, man? Hey, how's it going, Shree? Thank you guys so much for having me. Really excited to dive into things with you guys. Thank you, Tyler. But before we get to the questions, would you take a minute and tell our audience where they can learn more about Wake Up Water and then a brief overview of your role as CEO for it? Absolutely. So we're found on our website at drinkwakeupwater.com. We also sell on Amazon and you can engage with us on our social media accounts. We're just at Wake Up Water on all of those. Um, and yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of Wake Up Water, which as you said, is a light drink mix that is just geared to provide people with a better for you energy drink product. Now, as the CEO um, of a small brand, I really kind of wear a lot of hats. And so my main focus right now is, of course, driving the business um, forward and, and really doing that um, by way of increasing brand awareness um, and, of course, just actually building out that direct consumer model and, and continuing to um, drive the business forward by any means possible. Thank you so much. Of course, we're going to dive into why wake up water, etc. But first, we'll include hyperlinks to the site address you mentioned in our episode digital liner notes and more about Tyler himself. So let's jump into the questions and I'll take the first one. I checked out your profile, Tyler. Your story begins at College of Holy Cross. Then you touched finance, logistics and even real estate, a personal passion of mine, eventually founding Wake Up Water. Decompose this for our audience and tell us how all this came to be. Absolutely. And I appreciate you doing your research. Um, you know, like you guys, I'm sure, um, I, I just have an interest in, in a variety of different fields and industries. And so when I went to the College of the Holy Cross, I began studying economics there and knew that I wanted to start my own business. But at the time, I just wasn't sure what industry I wanted to go into because I did have a variety of interests. And so what I did was I, I tried to kind of wet my feet in, in those different industries. And like you said, I, I, you know, engaged in some logistics. I was in financial services for a little bit and as well as real estate um, and continue to do some of those currently. Um, right now, um, you know, I, I kind of got to the point where I knew that, you know, health and wellness and the food and beverage industry was just a, a true passion of mine and something that I actually am interested in day after day after day. Um, and I can utilize that passion to actually provide products um, to consumers to allow them to live a healthier life. So I thought that I could have a great impact in the industry and so decided to dive into the CPG world. Hey, Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you here today. As I mentioned during our opener, from my perspective, it's always great to talk to people who are in the process of scaling a brand from conception to uh, actual ubiquity, which would be the, the end goal, right? Where everybody knows your brand and they're all buying it. So to that end, would love to understand about what you see as being the primary mission of Wake Up Water. And as you take that mission out to secure investment to grow your business, Really, what, what are the investors really interested in understanding about your business model? Absolutely. So I think the true mission of Wake Up Water is to allow individuals to live a better, 
healthier, more energized life. And so when you look at the American diet right now, um, of course, you're going to see some glaring unhealthy trends such as processed food, um, fast food, all the things that are pretty common to people, um, understanding that those foods are not good for you. However, about 90 to 95% of Americans consume caffeine daily. And what many of them don't realize is the products that they use to actually uh, consume that caffeine are main culprits in compromising their health and diets. Um, you know, many of the coffees that they order from their favorite coffee shops, the energy drinks out there on the market tend to be, you know, loaded with unwanted calories, sugars, and artificial ingredients. And so I thought there was a great opportunity in the market to provide a tasty, healthy alternative to those products. And that's exactly what we're doing. Um, from an investment standpoint, I think investors, one, um, understand that there is a market for it. You know, given the 90 to 95% of Americans that are consuming caffeine daily, um, this isn't a new concept. Um, it's really just kind of a better, um, you know, mousetrap, so to speak, for lack of a better term. And I think what investors are most concerned about when it comes to the direct consumer model um, are a few things. You know, one, of course, you know, what does it cost to actually acquire your initial customer? Um, it's a very important metric. However, it's not the end game. I think a lot of investors now realize that if you spend a lot of money, you can acquire that customer the first time. And, and that's really a great sign. However, that's not going to build longevity for your business what is going to build that longevity is the customer retention um, and that repeat customer rate. And we're very proud at Wake Up Water to, you know, have a very strong repeat order where customers are coming back and continuing to buy our product. And right now, as we continue to entertain conversations with investors, those are the metrics that I'm, you know, constantly being asked about. Tyler, I'm going to go a little out of script since we agreed it's okay to do that. And uh, of I'm going to rope it back into question three in a second here. But one of the thoughts that came to my head is right right at the beginning of the episode, you mentioned about having interest in several areas. Anything on the NFT side for you? Have you been thinking about it? You know, it's funny. I, um, I While I'm building Wake Up Water, I am also trying to build up my personal brand a bit. I mean, of course, you guys have done a great job uh, doing just that uh, with the CPG guys and just, you know, yourselves in general. And so trying to follow in your guys' footsteps. And the NFT space is certainly one of interest to me. Um, you know, while right now I think it's it's pretty heavily on the digital art piece space, I think the underlying technology there um, really is applicable to so much more in our society. I think, you know, as the years pass, I think we're going to see anything that we want to quickly um, and easily determine as an authentic asset, whether it be concert and sporting tickets, whether um, it be really just, you know, the digital art pieces or anything else um, that we want to quickly authenticate. I think that's going to be a growing part of our society. I think brands um, would be wise to start to think about creating NFTs. And at Wake Up Water, you know, we are starting to try to figure out how we could potentially incorporate that with our brand. Thank you for taking that on, Tyler. Now I'm going to come back to my question I originally had for you before Peter gets mad at me. And that is, <laughs> you know, um, obviously you are competing with some of the beverage behemoths, even though you are a differentiated product, healthier beverage is what I would call it. Um, so you are working with the same supply chain partners that some of the largest brands in the world work with, especially when it comes to raw material acquisition. And, uh, you know, my own personal experience doing my day job is it's harder and harder and harder to acquire raw material 20, 
21 was a wild ride, 2022 shaping up, not, not a heck of a lot different. How are you managing that for success as a small brand? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a problem that everyone uh, is facing right now. And so what we tried to do is as we began to see um, this pandemic and supply chain issues continue to um, kind of cause a, you know, an issue with our, our, our supply chain, we started to plan ahead. Um, and even as a small brand, we began to kind of allocate capital towards raw materials and supplies um, to just have them set aside for that when we do need to run another production run, we aren't scrambling um, to find those materials because a lot of brands right now are, you know, going through some some inventory issues. Um, and what we're actually seeing right now, specifically on Amazon, actually, is a lot of larger brands um, are not able to keep up with demand. They're, they don't have the inventory on hand. And what I view that as is a great opportunity for smaller brands like Wake Up Water to actually steal some of that market share because we do have readily available products and customers don't necessarily want to wait for those others to be back on stock. And so they're more apt to actually try new products that are, um, you know, ready to ship to them. Tyler, I'm part of the 95% of people who consume caffeine. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink tea. And I don't drink carbonated beverages. I gave those up eight years ago. So let me just start by saying your product fits squarely into my zone of interest. Because right now I only have maybe two items in the shelf that I can consume to get me the energy I need in the morning in a form that is acceptable to me. So kudos for you. And, and I'm looking forward to trying your product. Um, you mentioned earlier how you pivoted from a ready-to-drink into a powder format, and you went from being the in-store model to launching a direct-to-consumer model with Amazon as part of that picture. I would love to understand how that has been challenging. Uh, how did you think about changing your price point strategy, and what is your plan, if at all, to move back into the uh, omni-channel physical in-store model. How is how is that kind of germinating in your brain as you start to try and uh, reset the course of your business? Sure. So yeah, you know, COVID really forced us to make that pivot that you just mentioned, transitioning away from a ready-to-drink product. Um, and the reason why we did that, Peter, was um, it's very difficult and expensive uh, logistically to ship bottled liquid across the country. And with COVID shutting down many of these new activations at retail, we had to find out a way to move our product. And bringing bottled liquid online, especially on at small scale, wasn't a very financially feasible um, or intelligent thing to do. And so we wanted to take the main concept, keep that brand integrity, um, and just kind of change the delivery mechanism. And so we removed away the water from the product and we're left with a powdered mix. Um, that allows us to ship um, a much lighter and cheaper product nationwide, reach whole new audiences, and really start to build out that direct consumer model. And while that's been a challenge, I think there are some blessings in there as well. Of course, our margins um, are much healthier starting out, um, as well as the data we're able to acquire. You know, with our, our website and direct consumer model, we're really able to better understand the demographic most interested in our product um, as we continue to build out the brand um, and, and kind of speak to those individuals more directly. 
Now, you brought up going back into retail. It's something we're certainly interested in doing. I, I do believe in an omni-channel presence, um, most notably, be, no, notably because I believe that you should be able to find consumers should be able to find your product anywhere they shop. And while many are comfortable shopping online, retail is still a very large part of um, you know consumers' behavior. And so what we're looking to do is, in the early part of 2022, continue to build out the direct-to-consumer model um, and, and actually bring on potentially some distribution partners to help us move back into retail. We're already having those conversations, and whether it be a distribution a distributor or a larger brand who has that distribution already in place, we are absolutely fielding conversations and engaging currently um, to bring our product back into retail. Hey, good luck, first of all, Tyler, in scaling and getting into the, with working with distributors, et cetera, and getting back into the store model as you deem appropriate to gain the scale. But a quick reminder to our audience that we are speaking in this episode to Tyler Dooley, founder and CEO of Wake Up Water. So, um, you know, you mentioned D2C, it's like your second coming here based on how COVID shaped itself out. I can't imagine you can be successful without a solid digital commerce base of capabilities, especially in these times. How are you, Tyler, as a founder and your team working to ensure that Wake Up Water is e-commerce and omni-channel ready? And what are some initiatives or actions and is there advice you'd share for others who are trying to make it in this space? Yeah, so great question. Um, you know, with the direct consumer model, you're right. You know, you really do need to have some pretty savvy digital skills. Um, and so we initially began driving traffic to our site through Facebook ads. Um, and that was kind of our main way of, of driving awareness um, and to actually go after acquiring those customers. However, as I'm sure you guys are aware, you know, the new iOS updates really caused issues for me, along with every other brand out there, um, we weren't able to kind of target customers the way we once were used to. Um, and so what, what I did was I actually began allocating more resources to our Amazon business. Um, and, and the reason being, I kind of tried to explain the two channels this way where, you know, it, it's when people go and they're scrolling on Facebook or Instagram, um, you're showing them a product. Your advertising has to be so spot on that you have to get someone to stop scrolling consume your content, click on the link, read more about your product, have it actually influence them, and then proceed to check out. There's a lot of steps in there that you can lose that customer, whereas Amazon, people are already on Amazon to shop. Not for entertainment, they're on Amazon to shop and buy products. And so when they're searching for products, if you're able to serve up your product to the right customer at the right time, who's already searching for your type of product, the success there, I think, is is much more likely. And so what we've used Amazon ads is almost a product trial channel to get that first-time customer to discover our product and then hopefully come back to our website to purchase again or sign up for our subscription model. And Tyler, do I interpret that as a very strong skill set in SEM? Yeah, you know, it's a strong skill set in SEM, but you know, it's, it's also just surrounding yourselves with the right people. And so for our Amazon business, we brought in an individual who, um, you know, helped a lot of great brands out there, Health Warrior, Rebel, um, really developed their entire e-commerce strategy. And he's been a, a great asset to us as we built out that Amazon channel. And so, yeah, it, it's part, partly having the skills, but then surrounding yourself with individuals who have them as well and, and have a little bit more experience than yourself. Thank you for that, Tyler. So speaking about 
building an effective team. Would love to understand a little bit more on how you focused on building the right team to help you grow your business. And are you setting as objective immediate short-term revenue goals? Is it capabilities? Is it both? And are there specific functions that in this current employment economy you are finding more challenging than others to staff to your liking? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting environment right now. I I think we're starting to see that transition to a more digitally native environment. And so what I'm seeing uh, become increasingly popular is individuals um, who have great skill in creating digital content pieces. Um, and, and I think really why I view that as such an important piece of the business is um, I really do believe every brand should be more of a media company um, that, that distributes quality content at scale, not necessarily reaching out to customers constantly trying to sell product, but educating them on whatever the brand's mission is and how you're going to provide value to them. And once you've done that, that sale becomes much easier. And so to, to actually have individuals that can create very dynamic, engaging pieces of content is a very, very valuable asset to any team right now. Um, and moving into 2022, as we continue to grow the brand, we're certainly looking to bring on potential um, you know, staff members that can help with just that. Um, as well as, you know, digital advertising. And as we move back into retail, there's going to be, you know, a number of other positions that we're going to need some help with as well. Before we continue with this week's episode, a brief message about Next Up. Next Up is a growing community of over 14,000 professionals representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. Visit nextupisnow.org slash events to register next week you can virtually or physically attend in chicago glow up a brand transformation on thursday march 3rd 2022 from 6 30 p.m to 9 p.m central time and hear how next up is planning to fast track the she covery achieve inclusive workplaces and help you bust open barriers so that you can seize the career that's right for you more information on how to get involved with Next Up, visit nextupisnow.org. And don't forget to tune in to Advancing All Women podcast on Voice America, hosted by Next Up President and CEO Sarah Alter. Listen every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel with rebroadcasts weekly on the Voice America Influencer Channel. And download episodes after they air wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, visit nextupisnow.org to learn more about becoming a member of Next Up. And now back to our episode in progress. You know, the, your exact words resonate well with me. Brands need to learn to become a media company, right? That There's so much power and truth to that statement. The, the biggest issue I see in our industry, though, is traditionally the larger brands have completely developed content and advertising completely reliant on an agency and the agency has done all the hard work or the creative etc you see award after award being given out to brands for work done by the agencies as creative it's like a little comical some days but that said that said that said of course there's creative brand minds coming in as well to the end of the day there is no campaign unless the brand or the agency have held hands but that said if the skill set has sat primarily on the agency side and every brand needs to be a media company that's a skill set gap that just it's it's act it's an actual vacuum. It's not like this eighty percent 
acceptance or this 80% knowledge or anything of that sort. So I think that's a very powerful word, one that the CPG guys will re-quote if you're okay with it, Tyler, that brands need to become. But could I ask you an offshoot question out of that? You know, you see brands around you left and right. Do you feel brands are acting as media companies? You know, I think the ones doing it really well are, um, but I think every brand, um, from the small players to the very large players, I think need to do a better job of it. Um, and because of this digital landscape that we now have, I think it's really given smaller brands a chance to really compete with the larger players. Um, you know, in, in many instances with our social media platforms of Instagram, Facebook, you know, TikTok, um, you know, it's free to distribute content in, in many of those places. And so brands that are taking advantage of that and distributing quality content at scale are winning right now. Um, and I think everyone, including Wake Up Water, could do a better job of, of putting out quality content and putting out more of it. Um, but I just think it's really important to, to view yourself as, as that. So in that spirit of brands becoming media companies, I want to dive a little bit into user experience, right? User experience is a combination of a lot of what you said, and maybe we haven't covered one or two areas on user experience, which is shopability, the speed of access, the ability to have a subscription and just receive product, the ability to not have, you know, pricing that's impacted month over month, et cetera. So could you put all that in the box and tell us what you, what is the user experience that you are striving for? What is ideal for wake up water and what are some of those facets you think are must have in the user experience world? Yeah, you're absolutely right. That user experience is absolutely critical. Um, you know, customers, have become more and more impatient and they want products quickly uh, and easily. And so I think there's a few things that play into that. I think, of course, your site's speed, how fast those pages are loading plays you know, a role to have the checkout process be smooth um, and easy for the customer and then to offer them potential subscription models. And so, you know, to incentivize them to do that, you know, with percentages off and allow them to kind of set a delivery schedule that works for them um, so that they can just set it and, you know, forget about it. Um, and I think that's important to have not only on your own website, but Amazon as well with the subscribe and save. And I think the last piece of it, because of the, you know, wanting of products quickly is the shipping speed. So I think it's very important that customer, uh, that brands are fulfilling orders at a very quick speed. Um, and then also to use and leverage Amazon's ability to offer customers free shipping with Amazon Prime, um, to, to send products to Amazon and allow them to ship out via Prime. It's, it's all about speed um, in today's environment. Couldn't agree with you more, Tyler. Speed is being redefined practically every day. Uh, it was two days, then we want one day, then we want same day. Now I want it in half an hour. Exactly. Um, I want to know why you're not parked outside my house anticipating <laughs> my order with a truck full of all the items that I'm going to buy. But maybe I'm being a little unrealistic. So to that, and I'd love to understand what you're thinking about as next for Wake Up Water. You obviously have to deal with the current demands of keeping your business going. But what's a little bit further down the road that's really piqued your interest and in that you want to make sure you're set up to succeed in solving against? 
Yeah, so I think right now, like I said, our main focus is continuing to build out that direct-to-consumer model. You know, we did launch a new product um, just eight months ago in April, and so we still are very early on in the process. And while we've had some nice success early on, I think it's important for brands, especially at our size, to really not spread yourself too thin. You know, you only have a limited resources. You have a limited um, team to, to actually um, carry out certain tasks and, and goals. And so I think we're really focusing on doubling down on what's currently working for us with the direct consumer and Amazon business. Um, but as we, you know, kind of push forward into 2022, um, we're getting more and more interest from customers saying, you know, hey, we, we, we shop at this store. We really stop at, you know, our local convenience store to grab, you know, water and energy drinks. And, you know, we'd love to have, be able to get wake up water there. And so I think right now we're starting to have those conversations about finding the right potential partners to help carry out that goal of, of expanding our, our, our footprint and making wake-up water more readily available for customers wherever they're shopping. So that's kind of our goal for 2022 is become more present to customers who actually want our, our products. So the big question I'd ask you, Tyler, is, you know, you've obviously incubated this brand and you've dealt with COVID and all the subsequent outcomes that came out of it, right? And you've pivoted as appropriate. You continue to grow. You're bringing in new people. You're building a team. What is your advice for other startup entrepreneurs who've incubated during these interesting times in the last couple of years? Like, where should they run the race? Where should they simply exit the race? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think my main um, advice to entrepreneurs right now is, um, you know, if you're able to survive these past 18 months, these past 24 months, um, you're a lot more capable than you even realize. Um, you know, this environment has really put um, some difficult challenges in front of every single brand out there. Um, and the entrepreneurs who have been able to really navigate those and do it successfully, I think they um, have built a certain skill set that's going to serve them very well in the future. So from, from a, just a, a practical standpoint, I think it's you know, were you able to survive this? Um, you know, what has worked for you so far and continue to be one that is able to adapt to the ever changing environments and moving forward, you know, stay top of mind and, and continue to put your brand out there in front of customers as much as you possibly can and continue to have that ability to adapt to any of those obstacles that end up arising. Peter, my line of the day today is every brand needs to learn to be a media company. Thoughts, Peter? I couldn't agree more. That is a very interesting position. Given the fact that, you know, arguably 80, 85% of the volume is still in the physical world, I think people are not following that adage that you and I discuss all the time, Sri, which is the Wayne Gretzky, go where the puck is going. And what Tyler's definitively saying is he, he wants to go where the puck is going. And if you're not thinking about being, uh, a company that's focused on building digitally native content, you're probably not going to score the goal. You know, Peter, the the first moment of truth, and you know, I'm using that word very cautiously here because our industry relates it to something else that was coined by PNG two decades ago, perhaps. But for me, the first moment of truth in this content journey and what Tyler said resonated back in December of 2021 last year. A um, statistic was revealed by Wall Street Journal, which indicated that the largest audience attention platform was no longer Google search. It was TikTok. 
that's where human interaction is and um, if you aren't a brand you may be a retailer but you're a brand at the end of the day even if you're a retailer if you aren't the boss of TikTok and if you continue to say TikTok is for kids it's for teenagers you're missing the bus right and I Peter to me a lot a lot of times I hear these words all over the place in our industry because I think people are actually scared because it's a skill that they don't have it's a new skill set you got to muscle up and the kids are fighting you 8x the pace Peter I was just going to say, Shri, I was watching, uh, I was watching a cable news network the other day, and the host was talking about the fact that she loves TikTok. She can get lost in it for an hour without even noticing, and that it, and you know, she's in her late forties. So if you think about this being something that only millennials involved in, well, I think you are definitely missing, missing the boat, and you have to be considering these platforms as being where your brands need to go to thrive. Absolutely. I think you guys brought up, brought up a great point. It's really finding your customers wherever their attention currently is. And as you said, Shri, I mean, TikTok has overtaken Google. Um, so, you know, while early on, you know, maybe we thought TikTok, TikTok would be a fad, it's proven to have some state power and people's attention are there. So once upon a time, you know, radio was the main driver of attention. Then, you know, we transitioned to TV. Um, then it was digital um, and all these different platforms. And right now you're seeing TikTok continue to grow and that's continuing to capture people's attention. So any brand right now, um, and I'm speaking to Wake Up Water as well, needs to pay more attention to TikTok and put out more content. Um, that is one of our huge goals for 2022 is to dive into that platform as much as we possibly can. I, I truly believe every brand out there should be putting out at least a piece of content a day. Um, every single day um, because it's a numbers game and the way the TikTok algorithm works is it really does allow for any brand or person to go viral with one simple video um, so the opportunity has never been better for smaller brands to get scale um, quickly yeah and that's what larger brands should be thinking of right because it's the it, it's a share game at the end of the day and thank you for that let me remind our audience that all of our content can be found on cpgguys.com easily by simply going to your browser and typing cpgguys.com best part about it all our content is free we're in 40 plus podcast platforms all you got to do is go to the podcast platform of your choice type cpg guys in the search box for that platform and you can find us follow us join this conversation as this industry continues to change transform all heading in the positive direction to deliver quality products at value to the consumer I want to remind you, all of you as well, we have a partnership with the network of executive women that Peter and I have really put a heart and soul into. Every Saturday's episode, right in the middle, there is a hidden Easter egg. And the hidden Easter egg will tell you all about what to expect from the network of executive women in the upcoming weeks. Seminars you can join and become a member of the network of executive women itself and make a difference for gender equality in the United States. Tyler, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast. Very gracious of you for also sharing your ideas and views. Thank you. Well, great. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a pleasure speaking to you guys and Happy New Year. Thank you, Tyler. Peter, pleasure doing this week over week with you. Our new mantra, every band needs to be. I'll let you finish that sentence. Uh, they need to be digitally native in terms of the content they're creating. They've got to be a media company, a digital media company. 
So I think that's true. And Shri, I'll also remind our audience, uh, check out our European podcast format as well, FMCG Guys. You can go to cbgguys.com. There are links to that podcast as well. But uh, we're trying, we're, we're slowly taking over the world, Shri. It's, uh, it's our, our empire is growing. But uh, great having Tyler on to talk about the challenges, particularly a brand that had to do such a massive pivot in the midst of the pandemic to go from being a primarily store ready to drink beverage into something where they could more easily ship the product. And they went to becoming more of a D2C Amazon business. Really interesting story here, Shrey. You know, Peter, the way I think about what you and I do, you said taking over the world and we chuckled a little bit over there. You know, I think of it as people playing golf. Some people like to play 18 rounds of golf on a Saturday for four hours. You and I like meeting founders having this conversation and being part of the transformation of the industry. Some people like to fly all the way to Ireland to play golf. You and I have now incubated in Europe and we're playing golf there. It's called the FMCG guys. What do you think about that, Peter? I'm, I'm spot on with you, Shree. That's how we spend our time when we're not doing uh, our day jobs. It's, it's, we find it fulfilling. We love it. And it's, it's fruitful and heck, People reach out to us all the time and thank us for it. So nothing wrong with that. And uh, that's the mission of the CPG guys. Continue to provide education with that. I will say thank you to our audience and we will see you soon on another episode of the CPG guys shortly. Content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.